Oh my God, Alexis. I was going to go, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we've both done it. The last time we spoke was in person. Like real human, like touch one another face to face, hugs, whole, whole nine yards, like actually talk to one another. And it was so amazing. Yeah, we and we we had fully talked about trying to record. Like we had all of our stuff with us. Oh yeah, Kaylee lugged it through an airport. I <laughs> I drove it two and a half hours north to um so that we could potentially record a face to face episode. But yeah, and we were just much happier hanging out. Yes. So that didn't happen. But we also had our Lassiter and our Jewels with us, so yeah. it was like a full cast meetup it was amazing it was fantastic yeah i'm happy that we i'm happy that we were just like you know what let's not try to do this let's just enjoy our time but like for real do you realize that we sat at that table and talked for eight hours yeah yeah like we we didn't it didn't stop (laughs) we just sat and talked we there were no lags like i had packed all these games i thought we might like need some some stuff to fill the nope Nope. No, there were plenty of snacks, though, because we are fans of delicious flavor. Of course. <laughs> Although we did not have any tres leches or nacho, nachos, cuatros, quesos. Nope. Although... But we did have a pineapple. We did. I brought a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> there was a pineapple there on the scene. It was super nice um, to, like, just hang out, but we didn't record, so that's what we're going to do now. Yeah, it's showtime. This is... To the Blueberry! I'm Alexis and I am a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee and I'm a real-life Sean. As Kaylee said earlier, we are a real-life best friend duo who decided to start a podcast, so we had a great reason to talk to one another once a week, uh, and it's amazing. If you're, <laughs> it is amazing. If you're not listening to our podcast, you should be. Um, now, I know you would only hear that if you're listening to our podcast, so I said it on purpose. And my father-in-law fully listens to our podcast <gasps> on YouTube. Does he? Yeah. You had kind of said it. he might be. Yeah. He passed the message along uh, to my significant other. He said, tell Kaylee I went to the Blueberry. And then when I saw him in person, he goes, yeah, I go to the Blueberry sometimes. <laughs> he must be one of our seven subscribers. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting, though. That's wonderful. Well, this week's episode is uh, season three, episode 10, Six Feet Under the Sea. Did it under the sea. So yeah, so I counted this as two pop culture references yep. in one. It was it's a nice blend. Six feet under and under the sea. As we so often do, we start our episode with a flashback to 1987. They are on little baby Sean and little baby Gus are on a field trip to um what Kaylee and I officially have decided is the aquarium. And there's a whole mess of kids outside the bus, and there's a lady with a clipboard going. Yes, we're going to go to the touch pool and then the dolphin show and stay with your buddy. She looks overwhelmed. There's not another adult in sight. I was like, she's going to lose children. Pan too. There, there wasn't another adult in sight because Henry was feeling sick that day and could not chaperone. So 
Gus and Sean used that as a fate and stayed behind in the bus so that they could feed and ride a dolphin. It has been a year of planning for this moment. And Gus thinks we should wait. And Sean thinks we have to go now because we've only got 10 minutes to find and feed and ride a dolphin. It is his life stream. <laughs> they're running. They're getting ready to go. And then Henry pops out. Full uniform. He said, you're not very thorough. And Sean says, how did you know? Maybe it was the snorkel in your backpack? Or this. And it's a full map that shows the route that the boys were going to take to do what they had to do. Oh, the map ends with the dolphin exhibit with a little stick figure of someone riding it. I was just like, that's genius. Henry's like, you're really going to have to learn to be better at deception. You want me to lie to you? No, I want you to make it more of a challenge for me to catch you because I always will. Because I always will. <laughs> um, I just want to point out that at one point, little baby Gus had said, I don't want to miss the otters. <laughs> I um I love that because I always will line because of something that happens later where I'm going to make an argument that maybe Henry's a little bit psychic. Oh, snap. He gets it honest. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm doing it. Okay. So um, we are in the present day. Thank you. I didn't know what PD stood for that for a second. The blueberry shows up all rain streaked and that's weird because we're in California. But um, we're not real clear on where we are for a, for a beat. And Sean... But we definitely are not at a burglary burglary ring at a child's finishing school. <laughs> yeah, did, did it say gentleman's finishing school? Oh, it might be gentleman's, yeah. And Gus is like, listen, I need you to do me this favor. Sean's like, I can only avoid so many things at one time. And I'm already avoiding my dad because he got a new boat and he wants to take me fishing. And he wants me to kill... These poor, defenseless, innocent fish. And um, Gus is like, we're at a funeral. Sad face. And Sean hates funerals for a number of reasons, including because six times out of ten, there's a snake in the casket. I'm, I might be persuaded to go to more funerals if there were snakes in the <laughs> casket more times than I've seen. Um, I'm with him on the others. It's depressing. You have to listen to organ music. Yeah. Well, Gus just needs support. Yeah, he needs somebody to support him. And Gus, or Sean says, who is the funeral for? Gus shuts his mouth and starts to walk away. And Sean says, like, what's up with this aquatic theme I'm seeing? Like, who died? Jacques Cousteau? Oh, no. Sean said, did Jack Costo die? And Gus corrects him. It's Jacques Cousteau, and he died in 1995. Gus is full of so much information. So much. Sean's like looking at these pictures and he's trying to guess who was the one who died. The, one of the boat people? Is it the old guy? I mean, if anybody looks like he was not long for this world. And the old guy leans the around Gus. Dude sitting next to them. <laughs> and Sean said, you know the camera adds 10 years. That's 10 pounds. And why did they not say I've heard it both ways? I know! He just There was another opportunity for and I've heard it both ways in this episode. He just aggressively shushes Gus. <sighs> anyway. Until he realizes that the funeral is for a sea lion. It's Shabby. Shabby, the local hero and heartwarming story. Yeah, so we're getting this eulogy by this guy whose face you know. Um, in this show, he is Randy Labeda of Animal Planet. 
But in real life, he's Ted McGinley, and you know him from Happy Days, and The Love Boat, and Dynasty, and Married with Children, and The West Wing, and Revenge of the Nerds, number one. Also, I think maybe number four, but who's counting? I definitely uh, tagged him from Married with Children. That is where I, like, immediately recognized him for, but as you were listing those off, I was like, oh, yeah. And, lest we forget, Mr. Dulé Hill was also in The West Wing. Yes. So that's fun. Um, It turns out that Shabby had recently been released back to the wild. I think it was something like three days ago. And he was Mm -hmm. found dead. And it's very tragic. And everybody's sad. Randy was the last one to see him alive. And they're like, okay, I guess it's time to pay our respects. And uh, it's an open casket. Sean can't believe it. Oh, I have. Do you have? Sean and Gus's back and forth like last words here I don't but I can look up okay no it's okay Gus said Shabby you almost made it but you touched our hearts and our souls be free swimming in the ocean of heaven where there are no natural predators and Sean said Shabby buddy you lived a full life I guess Mm -hmm. you probably balanced a beach ball on your nose at some point maybe honked a horn with your mouth Barked the melody of Grand Old Flag. Clearly you ate very well. And then he kind of stops. And he psychs zeroes in on this very strange wound. Um, oh no. I think this sea lion was murdered. Dun dun dun. And is that that's our credits, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel very connected to Sean in this particular scene. Because I'm very weird at funerals. They don't bother me, but I get awkward at them, especially when I have to go talk to a dead body. I may or may not have plucked a hair off of a sweater from the last funeral I went to. I've never been to a funeral. I, I've, what? <laughs> I've only been to viewings, and I'm weird at them. And that's why I never want to go to a funeral or another viewing, if not absolutely necessary. I'm terrible at them. I'm very inappropriate. I can't stop crying because... The people around me that are holding it all together, that should be bawling, that should be falling apart in a wreck, I'm doing that for them. And it's very inappropriate. And um, when they start comforting me, I know it's time I left. So, (laughs) I yeah. You're a sympathetic crier, just like us. I can't. I can't do it. Um, But I I feel like uh, the funeral part might actually be easier than the viewings. So maybe I should, like, opt out of the one for the other. No? Okay. I mean, everybody's crying at the funeral part, but isn't like, that less? Depending on what kind of funeral you go to, there's a whole lot of like. Here, let me tell you my favorite memory of this person. I love those. That it gets super emotional. I I was present for like everything, but like the funeral situation for my aunt, and um, so I did get to enjoy the family time of picking out the photos and music and things to remember her by. And that was, like, a lot better than just, like, being around the place she no longer was. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the the right, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Sean obviously doesn't because um, they're about to get kicked out of this funeral. Or so they think because a lady comes up to them and says, I need to see you. Gus is super freaking out and he becomes all Gus about it. And he starts like, he starts quoting off his credentials as to why he's allowed to be there. 
I don't have any of these, but when he was listing the places they've been kicked out of when he thought they were getting kicked out of the funeral, <laughs> he was like, PetSmart, Santa's Village, the Salvation Army. And Sean says, whoa, 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 you were dishonorably discharged. <laughs> the woman does not want to kick them out of the funeral. She wants to know why Sean said that she thought it was a murder, because there's a lot of shady stuff that's going on in the aquarium right now. But we can't talk here. We need to go someplace else. So we end up at the psych office and uh, Gus is cleaning and Sean is like, why? Because it's not very often that a beautiful aquatic lady comes to the office. Plus, I call her. You, I'm sorry, you call her? Sean was like, uh, you can't do that because I already call, called her at the funeral. She touched me, Gus. That's because you ran into Only her. Only because you bumped into her. <laughs> contact is contact. And Gus says, okay, fine, get ready for battle. Okay, I'll back off. You can have her, buddy. So, Sean? We've had this conversation before. The, you think I can't get a girl if you don't back off, off. So Gus decides that he'll back off. And then the lady is like, back off of what? Because she's just walked in. <laughs> so that lady, uh, Kaylee, what is her name? Because she's our other guest star. She's our other guest star. You'll recognize her from things like um, Two and a Half Men, and I think she was in an episode of Big Bang Theory, actually. Hold on. I've got her name right. Brooke Dorsey. D-Dorsey. She's got a little God's comma in there. It's, it's like a D apostrophe. <laughs> um, she's also been in Royal Pains, Drop Dead Diva. Um, also, a lot of Hallmark uh, shows up. She was the, she was the alive version of Drop Dead Diva. Oh, yeah. No. She was the dead version in Drop Dead, D dead Diva. That was a good series. I flagged her from a lot of like Hallmark-type Christmas movies. That's kind of where I know her from. But yeah, now that you've said all that again, like she's got a bit, really long credit. Although, in the opening credits, they only listed um, Tim, Tim Mc McGinley as their main guest star. So I think she got a little bit of, of slack here, but she doesn't deserve it. Okay, sorry. I went on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Oh, so... She basically tells them that she was in charge of uh, Shabby's rehab, and a lot of weird stuff kept happening around that. Um, she said, They moved up the release date six days because Randy needed to be in charge of it. Yeah, and it was like going to be this big press release. He needed to be like, you know, on display. And then she was like, really upset by it and the boys are kind of like pushing her to say more and she's like well it was way too soon first of all and then um there's like a lot of awkward touching and a lot of sports bragging between the guy like the guys trying to like yeah. make a move it's awkward i don't like it they're both trying to hit on her she isn't taking it yeah it's not coming off great it's not like it's it feels forced and she's feeling it yeah so she says that at the time of the actual release, no aquarium staff at all was allowed to be present. Sean goes in to comfort her and Gus slaps him. And she's like being jostled by this and she's just like clearly weirded out. I was like, you guys. Long story short, they came back. Everyone looked upset. They locked up the ship's log in Randy's office. And uh, there was really nothing else said about it. Well, Sean wants to see that office. Sean wants to see that office. And she goes, ooh, I can help you with that. It was house. Tonight! Yeah. This is where we finally get her name in the show, or where I first heard it. I wrote it down. Her name is April. 
I didn't catch it till significantly later on, so Kaylee beats me here. Um, at a cute at the aquarium, it is uh nighttime. The boys are walking up to meet April, and Gus is like, "Are you wearing sweatpants? Are you dressing up for her? <laughs> are you dressing up for her?" So first of all, I wrote sneak as soon as I saw the boys in the dark, and then we find out that these are Sean's sneaking around pants, and he's also wearing this green jacket. And Gus is like, that is my green jacket. He's like, yeah, it's a very, it's just, it's seasonable. It's, you know, in case of rain or whatever. And Gus is like, no, that jacket's for players only. <laughs> <laughs> they get to a rock wall. There she is. Uh, she's like, all right, I'm going to get you in. And she leans over in like a bottom of the period pyramid cheerleader stance. And she's like, I'll give you a boost. The electric fence is broken right here. Unless they fixed it. We find out that she no longer wa- works at the aquarium. They, uh, somebody on Randy's team canned her, had her canned. On Tuesday for asking too many questions. Gus, again, is trying to look cool, and he said, uh, no big deal. I could probably jump it if the, crown wa- if the ground wasn't so wet. I could bolt that, Sean. <laughs> Where would you land? This was the back and forth that I was talking about. <laughs> so she says, if you get over, there's a door right here on the other side. It'll lead you straight towards Lebeda's office, and the code is 1842. Sean is like, yeah, and if we fail at this, we go to jail. And she's like, okay with she's it. She's like, uh-huh. So who's first? <laughs> and Gus strolls up like, I got this. I, lo- I love it when he's putting on a show for somebody, and it just makes him like capable mm-hmm. guster we catch the boys inside the office they're talking about how april is legit and she's also very strong for a woman her size um so at this point if you look at any pictures of this woman her arms are always shredded like she jacked she's yeah. jacked <laughs> they walk in and this is the coolest office ever because it has a freaking dolphin wall a dolphin wall and like not not a wall designed or covered in in like pictures of dolphins. No, no, no. It's to the dolphin tank. It's legit. Um. So Gus is the only one talking to the dolphins and trying to get their attention through this wall. Sean, I I will say Sean in this episode plays it remarkably cool most of the time. But um, we'll find out more about his his intense not dead childhood dream. Uh, later. So, <laughs> so we find these documents that look like they're related to the release of Shabby. Um, Labeda has two laptops, is what I wrote. And one of them is only a GPS <clears throat> for something. There's nothing else on that computer, and it's currently not picking up any signal. So Sean sort of psych out, zeroes in on the coordinates, um, most particularly the last coordinate on the list of this GPS tracking software. And Gus does find the boat logs, and they realize that Shabby was released in the wrong place. Yeah, and importantly, not close to San Miguel, where he was slated to be uh, released. But then they hear something, and they're like, okay, let's go. Oh, there was a newspaper clipping that we highlighted here that comes back up later that just says, Feds probe Rocinante escape. And then, yeah, so the boys are like, I gotta go. And then Sean's like, there's just one thing more. I have unfinished business here. And a date with destiny. And he runs off. He tears away his pants, um, and he's wearing trunks under them. They were tearaway pants. I'm very impressed. (laughs) 
I wrote like space music. There was like this exciting like wah, 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 music playing. Yeah. And Sean is like, I got this. I'm going to go feed and swim or feed and ride the dolphins. He is hoping for a harness or a little saddle of some sort. So I just keep writing. It's my shorthand where someone is like, Sean, no. And Sean is like, Sean, yes. And runs away. (laughs) So (laughs) Sean goes up top and um, Gus is yelling at him pretty loudly. And then he sees the flashlight of the guard. So he's forced to follow up. Um, we don't know where he ends up because he disappears for a little while. But Sean gets to the top and then he also sees the security guard and he has to hide from the security guard. There's like spy music playing and he ends up hiding in this like lawn, bar- lawn box. I don't know what else to call yeah, it. Yeah, just wrote a trunk. Um, yeah. The security guard walks by, Sean pops out, and then he sees a trunk that actually has Shabby's name on it. So he opens it up and he just keeps pulling out. I don't know, mackerel, herring, small fish, small treat fish. Yeah. And then we get some dolphin noises. And a full dolphin that Sean says to it, uh, then Sean says to it, get out of here. Pa does not love Fa. Stop doing that. Pa does not love Fa. That is a reference to something and I have no idea what it is. I looked it up. It is a 1973 movie. Some people think the worst movie ever made. um, Called Day of the Dolphin. About, (laughs) about dolphins and a researcher who is learning to communicate with the dolphins um through speaking english and dolphin like noises it's it sounds real dumb but then the dolphins get kidnapped by people who want to further train them to assassinate the president by magnetically setting a bomb on his yacht and um they rescue the dolphins but then the people are going to take them back to the lab and then um, the guy who trained them, I forget his name, <laughs> the guy who trained them is letting them escape rather than being taken back to the lab. And I guess he was Pa and the principal male dolphin's name was Alpha, Fa for short. And he and the um, lady dolphin B or Beta for, you know, long mm-hmm. form. Uh, so so Paul loves or Fa loves Paul or Paul loves Fa was a thing and then I think when he was trying to shoo him away and he had to be a little bit forceful because the dolphin didn't want to leave. Um, I think Paul does not love Fa was probably part uh... of that. I haven't seen the movie. I don't really want to see the movie. So that was a heck of a recap for a movie you've never seen. <laughs> Wikipedia. I just got to give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Sean's got the herring, and it's time to feed that dolphin. If he can't ride it, he's going to feed it. Uh, not so fast, because Gus is back. And uh, then they have a fight about how he was about to feed the dolphin. Why does he get to feed the dolphin? And they put that fish down. they got to get out of here. And then they get caught. Yeah, I just wrote guard. Caught. Um, we're at SBPD, and Chief walks in all flashy, but in jeans. And I was like... She looks fancy, but there's jeans, so it's kind of casual. It's off work clothes. And Sean says, is that a backstage pass? Chief Vic is going to see, or is seeing, Phil Collins. This is the second time that Chief Vic has shared her love of Phil Collins. Was it Chief who did it, or was it 
Okay, so Sean brought it up in the other episode, and then Chief somehow knew that he lives in Switzerland. Yep. Okay, I follow. Um, Gus also points out that she's wearing a Dolce jacket. So, points to Gus for doing fashion still. They apparently caught Sean with a How to Ride a Dolphin pamphlet. She is so mad. I just, I love Mad Chief. Enter Juliet and April. This is where I got April's name. Ah, okay. So Sean's trying to tell Chief that there's more to it and it's slightly sexy and there's some involved things. Jules and April walk in. They're gal pals. It's very clear. They like compliment each other's earrings and then April takes the blame. She's like, I told them that I still worked there. And Juliet said, yeah, she did it, but it was for a really good reason. Maybe murder. Because Juliet also loves Shabby. The Shabby cam is her screensaver. Chief is like, uh, I just wrote Chief help. (laughs) Chief is like, I do not want to know who Shabby is. Take care of it. Um, And if I miss against all odds, somebody's getting fired. And she's going back to Phil Collins. Yeah, she's, um, I forget where she said the concert was. Lassie walks the, the bowl. The bowl. <laughs> Lassie walks in, putting on a blazer. He's late for the party. It's like, oh no, they released you guys already. He wanted to see them, uh, but he took him into interrogation anyway. After they pointed out that they were solving a heinous crime, he's like, oh sure, heinous. Wait, how heinous? In interrogation, they will not give Lassiter the name of this murder that they're about to study but lassie needs a win oh he confides in them that he was chasing these diamond smugglers he didn't know they were diamond smugglers until it was too late by the way we find that out later he chased them all the way to the airport they got away um then lassiter kind of stops himself and says what does rasinante mean to you a full-bodied syrah syrah is that a wine a wine reference sure sure I was like, it's either yoga or wine, and we've already had wine in this series, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, Sean says, a gay couple from Lisbon. I don't understand that. I, I don't understand it, but sure, maybe. <laughs> oh, it was the name of the plane. Come on, guys. But they went off in a lightning storm, and Lassiter's SBPD helicopters don't fly in storms. Um, he really wants them to give the name of the person who may have been murdered. They finally give his name as Shabby, and he was like, is that his street name? Nope, just Shabby. And then they spell... More like a given yeah. name. Yeah. He's like, last name? He's like, he doesn't have one. Don't play with me, Spencer. Can I spell it for you? Yes. T-H-E-S-E-A-L-I-O-N. Desilion. Is he French? Give me a description. Black. Six or seven hundred pounds. Damn. Can you exhume a body? Only if I'm there for the autopsy. <laughs> they get to the the uh, coroner's office. Coroner's yeah, office? I'm call it coroner's I think office. this is, is this the same guy we saw um, in the, uh, the, the Holes episode? We've seen him twice, at least twice now, but I just know him as not yeah, Woody. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I mean, sorry, guy. G- good for you getting the work, but you're not Woody, so I don't really care. Yeah. Lassiter, the scene opens up to Lassiter saying, I'm going to kill you, Spencer, which is not our only I'm going to kill you to Sean in this episode. So let's see. First off, the weirdness starts with in this weird, empty, pierced, like, area on on the sea lion and then he found some flat reef coral in the fur. Gus is very confused by this. 
Because a sea lion is a precision animal that would not go around hitting the, the coral. I think it knows how to get around coral without smacking into it. He also found some fibers from what seems like a fishing net. And Jules looks so sad because they decide it sounds like it's not foul play. Like maybe he was just caught up in somebody's net and it was just tragic. Her face looks like she really wants to cry when she walks out. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I hate this. <laughs> they leave and Sean is a little bit worried that they might be right. But he still wants to see the reef. Because he has a plan. Cut to the marina. And Henry is giving us lessons on how to drive his new boat. Henry's like pointing out all of the like high tech gear that he's going to need to drive. And Sean goes, ooh, a little microwave. <laughs> um, Sean's like, hey, can we maybe head out to the reef? Because they're still on the dock. Yeah, they're in the marina. And Henry informs us that those are restricted waters. And no. And then he... He's like, do you even want to know how to drive this boat? Do you even want, like, this whole tutorial, this time together session? And Sean's like, yes, yes, no, totally. Absolutely, I do. And Henry's like, all right, well, I'm, I got to grab my tackle box. So he jumps off the boat real quick. <laughs> and uh, Sean speeds away. Henry's like, Sean, no. And Sean's like, Sean, yes. <laughs> and Gus is like, he's going he's gonna to try to catch us. Um, he can't swim that fast. Sean said... Um, he wanted us to take the boat. Didn't you catch that from the whole, like, I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to lose my license. Let me teach you how to drive. Yeah, Gus did not get that at all. Um, they end up lost at sea. What a surprise. <laughs> and Sean is, like, reading this map that he thinks should be helping him navigate across the sea but it's a thompson map it's a land map it's a little land heavy <laughs> and gus keeps pointing out like they're lost they don't know where they are and sean says gus don't be exactly one half of an 11 pound black forest ham they're looking at the the little blinking um radar on the i don't know console if you will and <laughs> um Gus is like, dude, that's longitude and latitude. You can follow the degrees and the numbers with the little quotation marks uh, and, and figure out where you're going. And he's like, okay, cool. And he psychs back to when they were looking at that second laptop and those numbers that he kind of took in then. Yeah, he, they were nonsense, but he still memorized them. And so he's directing Gus what to put in so that they can direct themselves to this location. And then... Um, they get right up close to there, but Gus is like, what? I, I think I see another light from a boat way in the distance. J cut the lights, cut the lights. Gus is worried that they're going to get arrested. He cannot get arrested twice in one day. I think it was one week, right? He keeps saying one week. Oh. Like throughout this episode, that's like a big deal to him. <laughs> Getting arrested more than once in a week is just too much. In the darkness... Sean thinks he hears something. Did you hear something? Like voices? All of a sudden, there's lights! And they scream like little girls. <laughs> and I just wrote creepy men. Um, mm. Gus? And Gus keeps, <laughs> Gus keeps going, Take him! Take him! I've had this dream, Sean! This, the dead calm dreams! You need to take one for the team! 
the guys are are creepy but like nice enough and they're like hey uh this is restricted water what are you doing out here sean introduces himself as sean spencer and this is my first mate hummingbird saltillomachia yeah saltillomachia yeah the boys are like, yeah, we didn't know this was a strict restricted area until like right this second. That's so weird. That's terrible. Um, what are you guys doing out here? <laughs> I can't help but notice that you're not the Coast Guard. They say that they have been drifting for about an hour because they stalled out on their way to Monterey. And Sean's thinking Mexico, but Monterey, Mexico is inland by about 200 miles. Up north, man. <laughs> so... Oh, Sean and Gus here. Sean's like, oh, hey, we turned off our lights because we're hiding from the sharks. Uh, that's not even remotely how sharks work. We heard there was an infestation of genetically modified shark-like beasts. They can hear the light. <laughs> they also type. Not well. But they are sharks. So it's still impressive. The guys are just like gobsmacked by uh, our gentlemen and the shenanigans. I don't know how it ends because the boys are heading back into the marina. They're not towing anyone, so apparently they just leave these guys to quote wait for the coast guard out there. Yeah, Sean asks about the coast guard again, and then they they kind of are like, "Okay, we're not dealing with this anymore. Bye." So Sean's like, "There is something wrong with these guys. I I can feel it." And he looks up. Psychic. And it's Henry, Lassiter, and Juliet standing on the dock. And again, Gus is like, I'm going to be arrested twice in one week. Sean gets up. And he's like, Dad, you told me to take the boat. What's going on? And Henry said, I didn't call them, Sean. They called me. The coroner found two twenty-two slugs in Shabby. It was murder. Bum, bum, bum. Music happens. We get back to the SBPD, and um, first thing we see slash here is Lebeda in the interrogation room, and he's going, do I, like, need a lawyer? He's being very, like, he's such a himbo. He's, like, really large and buff, and he seems kind of stupid and pretty, and um, he's not a himbo, though, because he doesn't have a heart of gold, and that is a prerequisite for a himbo. The guy is sitting there with an owl on his shoulder, and Lassiter is very disconcerted by this. Jules walks in and says, there's a call for you, Lassiter. It's the FBI. And he was like, oh, again? God, Jules, can you just tell them? Like, I didn't know they were drug smugglers until it was too late. And also, and Jules is like, maybe tell them yourself. Because, dude, she's not your messenger. So then Lebeda sees April sort of lurking in the hallway. He's like, didn't someone fire her? Oh, was she your inside source? Jules says, no, um, the court is my source. As in, this court-ordered search that found the tracking GPS in your office? Care to explain that, Mr. Lebeda? April's like, we do not tag our animals. Lebeda's like, yes, fine, okay, I was gonna track him, but it was just such a heartwarming story. Like, how could I pass this up? Well, uh, then why did you release him so many miles, six miles away from where he was supposed to go? I think I'm going to need to make my phone call now. When he decides to make his phone call, he the the first thing he said is burn the discs. And he destroy like tells this guy to everything. get out of town. Yeah, destroy all of the footage, take a long vacation to Mexico, like just just drop it and go. 
And he's like, um, I can't. Your two hair analysts are in there. Rev- you're reviewing the footage right now. What's a hair analyst? I don't have a hair analyst. Who set that up? And then he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> the guy just goes running. Uh, Sean and Gus are in this room and they're watching the footage. So it turns out that, like, he's like an egomaniac. He only cared about how he looked in the footage. He did say, like, cut immediately if even a hair of mine comes out of place. And that includes chest hair. (laughs) He's, like, trying to record and this freighter comes in the background. So he starts yelling at the boat, like, calling it uh, an atmosphere killer or something like that. And so they end up moving to a new location. And when they're there, Randy goes... I don't like it. I just want it for the record that I don't like this. So it looks like they only moved from the original release spot to get a better shot of Randy. So the release happened. The sea lion was alive. They said goodbye to him. They were being stupid. And then there was that MAR boat passing by in the background. That footage was from five days ago. And that's how they realized that that MAR boat isn't wasn't drifting out to sea on their way to monorail. There's something else going on. And then someone starts pounding on the door. Um, and they're like, man, what's at that reef? So yeah, the, the assistant's at the door. He's banging really hard. He's like, you guys got to get out of there. And Sean looks at Gus and says, do you want to do plan A or B? B. So the assistant breaks down the door and Sean, covering his mouth, looking distraught, goes, oh my God, I killed him. Gus is, like, laying limp over a chair. And Sean just, like, runs away. And then as soon as the guy gets a little bit distracted, Gus runs away. Oh my god, it's so... It's the funniest moment in the entire episode. Yeah, that is a laugh-out-loud moment. I cackled both times. I could not... I could not handle it. I want to know what plan A was. I know. I want to know all of their plans. I want to know all of their little bits. I want to know all of their pickup moves because they have really fun names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, they are going to go steal the boat again so that they can go check out this Mar boat. Yeah, we're back at the marina and Sean is like, I'm telling you, Gus, he wants me to steal the boat. As soon as they get up to the boat, there's Henry and he goes... Do I, Sean? He is wearing what I will call forever an Alexis shirt. (laughs) I'm convinced that in high school, you may have had this exact shirt at one point. So it's worth pointing out that I wore a lot of Hawaiian shirts when I was in high school because I thought I was really cool. No, because I was a big old dweeb and they were very comfortable. Um, You were very cool. You were like freaking Magnum P.I. or something. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, that makes sense. And I love Henry's shirt. Actually, I love all of Henry's shirts, but yeah. So um, then we flash back to Jules and April. They're like, it looks like they're in an interrogation room, but they're just chilling. And they, yeah. they are snacks on the on the table. And they're just complimenting each other on how much they like scared the beta and how good a job they're both doing. And April is like, um, so what about Sean? Uh, what about Sean? Well, he's just so different. It's really refreshing. He's odd. I was thinking of letting it be known that I'm, you know, available and everything. Uh, I kind of wanted your opinion. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's real awkward. Uh, Juliet literally just says, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) 
I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And then starts drinking her Minute Maid juice out of a straw. <laughs> so we're back at the marina and we see the MAR boat come in and the guys are lugging stuff off of it, heading down like inland on the dock. And Sean starts trying to run towards the boat and Gus won't let him. And his uh, getaway plan is to scream, look, Barnacle Bill. And then he runs for the boat because Gus is convinced they need to follow the guys and Sean is convinced they just need to take this opportunity to get on the boat. So he goes for the boat. And yet he still pauses to go, you want to be Hawkeye or Crow's Nest? What do either of those things even mean? I thought you might know. <laughs> because they sound like the same thing to me. It's like, <laughs> who's keeping lookout, right? Yeah. <laughs> there is all this high-tech stuff on the boat. High-tech gear, just so much of it. And Gus tells us what all of it is. He says there's a GPS, there's radar, there's sonar, there's an electric pulse sensor. Whatever they're doing, they didn't want to be found. And they were doing it at night because there were all these flashlights. And then Sean finds this, like, green netting. And he's like, ooh, fishing net. And then he finds a tracking tag tangled up in the net. They're ready to, like, get it out, and Gus goes, here, let me do it. I was a Navy scout. And then they get it out, and Sean sees bullet holes on the deck, and he just goes, they did it. They killed Shabby. But they're coming back, because uh, thug guy number one thinks that he heard something, or thinks that he saw the boat moving and thinks someone's there. Sean's hiding ideas are to hold on to the anchor and see if there's a shark cage. Yeah, jump overboard. No, they'll see us. Um, so they finally look down and there's like a little latch, like there's like a, a storage area under the hull. So they get down in there and it's very close quarters. And um, Sean says, this is just like out of sight. And they're hiding from the bad guys. The guys hear Sean whispering, or one of the guys hears Sean whispering, and he's like, dude, I think there's someone here. And then the other guy's like, you're being paranoid. Don't worry. Sean grabs a flashlight that he finds in the hall and he starts snuggling Gus a little bit more so that he can see what's going on. Okay. If any two female best friends, like lifelong best friends, were in this situation, the cuddling would not at all be an issue. And, and if these were two non-American men, it would probably also not be an issue. But because... Because this is an American show and these are American guys, sadly, this is something I could actually see happening, depending on the friends. <laughs> Gus keeps telling him Gus keeps telling Sean to get off of him, but Sean found the flight plan for the Rossiode. I don't know what it's called. Rossinite. <laughs> okay, Sean. It's Rossinante. Okay. Very good. <laughs> and then goes, dude, I solved it. And he's like, oh, maybe I can call Jules. And Gus is like, are you crazy? You can't call her. He goes, well, maybe a text. And then Gus is like, well, you have to mute your keys. And he's how like, do that. all right. Yeah. How, how does that get done? Um, so Jules at the SBPD gets a text and it's like full exposition. Like they're trapped in the hull of a smuggler's boat and they think they're going out to sea. Before, uh, before he sends the text, they hear the engine start and Gus goes, I'm going to kill you, Sean. Versus, ah! I'm going to murder you, Spencer. <laughs> so, flashback to our guys, and Sean's like, man, I feel so Clooney right now. And that makes Gus very angry. Because uh, he's Jennifer Lopez in that situation. Apparently, this is still out of sight that we're doing. Um, and, uh, and But then Sean, Sean goes, 
that's a huge compliment. Did you see El Cantante? She was amazing. Because Gus did not think of it as a compliment. So they're trying to figure out how to let Jules know how to find them if they go out to sea on this boat. And they're like, oh, duh, Shabby's tracker. So they turn that on and then they tell them to get the laptop of Labeda's so they can be tracked. And then Sean asks Gus to scratch his leg. Gus will not do this. I'm not scratching your leg, Sean. Chief Vic and Juliet notice the location. Chief Vic has her sister from the Coast Guard on standby to go rescue them. Oh, I missed that part. (laughs) Um, I'm just focused in on the map because it's weird. They're like, um, it's a little land heavy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it says they're on first and main. So she texts Sean and it says that the boys aren't where they might think they are and maybe they should check outside. They are on their way into a gold seal canned sockeye factory. That sounds disgusting. The guys, uh, our boys are climbing out of the boat and the thug guys see them. And Sean screams, wait a second. This is not my boat. My bad. Gus, I told you our boat is called Just Chillin'. Just Chillin'. We're sorry. We'll be on our way. Okay. That's a really good boat name. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I often play this game with people because I I do not foresee myself ever owning a boat, even if I had the money. Um, That's like throwing the money in the ocean. Yeah. But I do like to come up with boat names. Uh What would your boat name be? I have never thought about that before. Oh, okay. Well, we'll come back to it. Um, But Just Chillin' is is a contender. I'd support that. I would would go on Just Chillin' with you. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, The thugs pull out guns. Oh, yeah. And then... Sean tells them that he is, in fact, psychic. And they're like, yeah, what does that have to do with anything? And he starts to psych out about what actually happened. He's like, I know all about it. You killed poor Shabby. They're like, this is all about a sea lion? And he's like, you were out there doing some shady stuff on the reef, and you had all that high-tech equipment, and he was wearing a tracker, and you must have mistaken him for a diver or a boat or something, and you shot into the water, and then you tried to haul him up, and... And he got free because he was a survivor. And they all have like this, this like intense emotional moment about it. I was like, at least for a little while, he was he was a survivor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Shabby left something behind. Um, and you were out there looking for the crash of the Rocinante, which everyone thought had escaped, but it actually went down in restricted waters. After he pulls out the tracker, he goes, "I have been doing something I like to call stalling." And Rutger Howard calls stalling. And the guy's like, what? Why? And Gus goes, because he's Dutch. And he goes, no, why have you been stalling? Because of this. And out comes the entire brigade. Like SBPD on the scene. Ugh, Lassie front and center. I, I'm sorry. I just love it when he's in like intense Lassie mode. It's, it's a beautiful moment. Like gun drawn. So tough. I kind of like vulnerable Lassie better. Like Lassie at the beginning of this episode where he was like, you know, un- un- or no tie, like trying to get help from the boys. I like them both. Yes. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like the next episode. I'm aware of that. Um, the boys fist bump and they tell Lassie that he can find the diamonds on the boat. Well, after Lassie says, had to save your neck again, Spencer. And he's like, like you said, Lassie, it's a two way street. I think you'll find what you're looking for 
in the truck and the diamonds maybe on the boat. Wait, how did you... A little bit of this, hand to the temple, and a whole lot of this, hand to the temple. And his face is so cringy. I don't know if you looked at it. Yeah, he was like... (laughs) It was was so so bad. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe (laughs) what you just did. Go go look at the episode. I probably didn't do it right, but that's how I interpreted it internally. It's a, it's a very intense, like, butthole mouth yeah, thing that you it's did. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, okay. So, our final scene. We're in the psych office, and Sean is whipped creaming the inside of Gus's desk drawers? Is that what we saw? Is that's that exactly what what's happening. I have no idea why. So, yeah. So, April knocks. And he's oh, like... Oh, and Sean says he's doing paperwork. Yes, I just had some paperwork to finish up. And she is like, listen, um, she's wearing the aquarium uniform. She started back to work today. Very exciting. Everything they offered happened. her Randy's office and she said no. And that's the worst decision in the history of, of human decision making. You know, that's right. <laughs> so she says, and I asked about that writing of the dolphins thing and it's not really a thing they let anybody do but we can arrange an encounter that'd be super easy no no i want to do it when it's natural and in the wild it'll happen organically and she's like that's super illegal he's like what if it was a whale like like the same thing but with with a whale and she's like oh you're joking got it and he super was not (laughs) his face is like yes yes of course i was joking (laughs) she said well if there's ever anything else i can do because she thinks sean is amazing and then he asks her out and uh specifically to dinner at a very dark restaurant although he might bring some candles in case it's too dark she says no well she says she would love to and he says sweet and she goes but i don't want to get in the way he was like, what is happening right now? And she goes, listen, I like her. And I think you two will get there. She's walking out. Thanks for everything. Good luck, Sean. And he's very, he's just confused. We all know that she's talking about Juliet. Yeah. And I think he knows that she's talking about Juliet. Oh my God. uh, I forgot that they laid it on this thick. They Um, are. This season is mm-hmm. coming to a close so fast we only have mm-hmm. six episodes left i was looking at that today we're we're close to a pretty big deal pretty big deal yeah okay i gotta go back to my henry might be a psychic thing do it sean was going to steal henry's boat again but henry uh was already on the boat stopping it the second time because he'll always get him like he said in the opening scene Sean said he's pretty sure he'd been waiting on that boat since Thursday. <laughs> so maybe that happened, or or maybe maybe Henry's a little bit psychic. Yeah, listen, <laughs> when your intuition is that on point, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's not just intuition. <laughs> I was about to say, when does it stop being intuition and start becoming something else? I only have like I have like maybe two really good stories like that. Um one of them was a while ago, 
And I was like, somebody's having a baby. Oh, I remember. And so I actually texted you guys. Yeah, I was like, hey, are one of you pregnant? Because I feel like someone's having a baby. Um, and they were all like, all, all the tribe was like, no, no. Well, one of my other friends had been trying to get pregnant. And she was having a really, really, really hard time getting pregnant. And so I ended up meeting her for like coffee one night. And I, I walked in there and I was like, dude, I have to ask. I'm sorry. Are you pregnant? And she said, yes. And I just started bawling in the middle of this coffee shop. <laughs> and I was like, girl, I knew somebody was pregnant. I didn't know who it was. And I went back and looked. Um, and I texted you guys the day before she found out she was pregnant. I love that. Yeah. The other story I have is probably not at all intuition. And it's just hilarity. But like. We were at church one time, again, a few years ago, and I looked up on stage and there was this guy up on stage, like playing his guitar and singing. And you could just tell that this guy like loved Jesus and he loved what he was doing. And I looked over to my friend and I was like, hey, you need that guy. Like, figure out who that guy is. I, I like him. You need, you need to find that guy. They're married. Ooh. I claim that I have everything to do with their relationship, but I found out a little bit later that their preacher uh, actually stuck them together on purpose. Our preacher actually stuck them together on purpose because he also thought there was something there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sometimes but, it's just so clear. The only thing I can personally say I have experienced um, is mostly just with my younger sibling. Um, there have been times where like our mind meld is like too much. Like, I will be thinking something. I'll be thinking it very, very hard. And and it'll be, like, a question or something, or I'm just, like, I'm just, like, meditating on something. And he will answer me. And I have not <laughs> said a thing out loud. It's you happening. and your brother, though, are, like, are not twins, but you also kind of are. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really weird. Like, that's, that's happened um, quite a few times in our lives. And, um, and then you get those usual things where it's like, you call someone and they were like, oh my, I was about to call you <laughs> that sort of thing. But I feel like that's pretty common. The answering me when I didn't ask the question out loud thing got me a few times though, <laughs> because he would insist that I said something and I would scream, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that is, this is a good episode. Uh, that's a fun way to end it. I linked. I liked kind of everything about this episode. The The story was fun. The guest stars were funny. We got a little bit of ocean action. We got some callbacks to uh, Chief Fix Sister and Phil Collins. We did not get a pineapple. We did not get a buzz. And both of those things are disappointing. Yes. We also didn't get a I've heard it both ways. Although there absolutely should have been at least one if not two. Yeah. Um, what was the second one? I don't remember now. I didn't put it in my notes, apparently. Oh, maybe it was... So, Sean got the name of the Rocinante um, wrong. That's very exactly wrong. what it is. That should have yep. been a win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and we know it, it exists in the universe already, um, but, yeah, just not, just not this episode with the I've heard it both ways. Will happen again. Until yes. then, I am Alexis. Okay, Dad, we have to come up with a system for unspoken actions. And I'm Kaylee. Mr. Lebeda, would you remove that bird from your shoulder? And this has been... To, to the, the Blueberry! Psych out. <laughs>